The following program is a paid advertisement. The views reflected on this show are not necessarily the views of ESPN 1000. Doctor? 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 You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly with Steve Cashel and Dr. Brian Cole on ESPN 1000. Good morning, everyone. I'm Steve Cashel, radio host of the Chicago Bulls. Welcome to Sports Medicine Weekly here on ESPN 1000. Sports Medicine Weekly being presented in part by AlignMed. By Source, by Athletico, by ATI Physical Therapy, by Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, by Donjoy Orthopedics, by Karen Mulkin Health Consulting, by Integrated Orthopedics, and by Medwest. I'll soon be joined by my co-host, Dr. Brian Cole, the head team physician for the Chicago Bulls, co-head team physician of the Chicago White Sox, and sports medicine specialist from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. Back to get it going right after this on ESPN Radio. What comes to mind when you hear the words physical therapy? Maybe you think you don't need it, but what about those aches and pains in your knee, your ankle, your shoulder, or your back? When you decide that you've had enough, stop by ATI Physical Therapy. ATI offers complimentary screenings by a licensed provider at no cost. Don't waste any more time dealing with pain. Get the ATI Physical Therapy today and start feeling better fast. Visit ATIPT.com to schedule an appointment or find a location near you. When it comes to your health and wellness, you have a choice. Choose ATI Physical Therapy. The Chicago Bulls, White Sox, and DePaul Blue Demons rely on Midwest Orthopedics at Rush for advanced orthopedic treatment. So can you. We are the team physicians for these Chicago teams, and we're ready to be on your health care team, too. Get expert care from these regional leaders at four Chicagoland locations. Learn more at RushOrtho.com. Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, your world-class team physicians. Leading the way in cellular and tissue therapies, Ellosource helps surgeons get their patients back in the game of life. Life-saving and life-enhancing allografts play a critical role in bone and soft tissue repair, helping to restore function and movement. To learn more about Ellosource or allografts, please visit ellosource.org. The best athletes in the world and their medical teams have been trusting Donjoy products for over 30 years. With a goal to protect and return confidence in sport post-injury, Donjoy is the trusted leader to get and keep athletes in action. Whether it's football, basketball, soccer, volleyball, or even the official medical supplier to the U.S. ski team, always trust the global leader in sports medicine. Trust Donjoy, a product of DJOGlobal.com. Correct alignment and good posture are keys to health and performance. Alignment, a science and clinical test-based company addresses this fundamental wellness need through its revolutionary line of products. Wearing AlignMed will dynamically train muscles and joints, strengthen and improve posture performance and prevent injury. Elite professional athletes, leading doctors, physical therapists, active adults and everyday workers already enjoy the benefits. And all you have to do to feel and look better is wear AlignMed. That's why we say AlignMed. Get into it. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly on ESPN 1000. Welcome back, everyone, on this Saturday morning. Steve Cashel, Dr. Brian Cole Sports Medicine Weekly. Net proceeds from our program, Sports Medicine Weekly, go to support orthopedic research at Rush through the liveactivenow.org fund. And that kind of uh, couples in right here, Dr. Cole, with um, our next topic. And uh, you guys do a lot of... Uh, uh, transplants, don't you? Cartilage, bone, uh, some of the some of the <laughs> busiest uh, situations in the world regarding that, right? We've been uh, very fortunate at Rush uh, through the Division of Sports Medicine, and uh, I'm, uh, I have the privilege of being the section head of our cartilage transplantation program. 
And, uh, you know, this is a sort of a, uh, or a, a dream that I had when I was a fellow in sports medicine because we, you know, historically, for example, in knee arthritis in young people, there wasn't a lot we could do. I mean, there there are young people who have cartilage loss that could mirror what much older people have. And when I was a resident, we would simply put a camera in and clean it out and tell them to, you know, just modify their activities. And, and frankly, often they'd have to give up high-level sports. So this program, uh, we've done uh, more than a 1,000 transplants uh, in the shoulder, elbow, hip, and knee, primarily the knee and then followed by the shoulder, uh, as well as the foot and ankle. And we really, uh, I've been involved with Allosource, who you know is also one of our sponsors, uh, on their board, helping them to uh, uh, perfect the donor uh, science, you know, how we preserve tissue and so forth, and then make and size it and make them available. We have at least a half a dozen uh, uh, publications on just tissue acquisition and processing, and we've probably published more than 50 articles in basic science and clinical research in this area, you know, and that's that's really the premise of this show is to support orthopedic research, and much of the proceeds have gone to support uh, this subspecialization of tissue transplantation. So let's uh, bring in our, our next uh, guest here. It's uh, Coach Jim Collins, uh, who's a senior exercise science major at Illinois State University and assistant baseball coach at uh, Normals University High and uh, got, has quite a, a story to tell. Yeah, you know, Steve, his story is fascinating. We're going to let uh, uh, Jim uh, come on. And, you know, in March of 2014, um, his son Michael uh, uh, and two of his classmates were leaving an event at ISU, and they uh, unfortunately were a victim of a a car crash uh, uh, with a drunk driver. And uh, it was a tragic, tragic thing. And uh, ultimately, Michael succumbed to his injuries, and uh, he became an organ donor. And so his dad, uh, ultimately, which he'll tell us about, uh, started a foundation in this regard. And, you know, we really, really depend upon donors. We can't. It's fascinating, and um, um, I'll be ha- really interested to hear what impassioned Jim uh, through his experience. So, Jim, uh, welcome uh, to uh, uh, Sports Medicine Weekly this morning. Thank you Thanks. for coming I'm on. Thanks. Happy to be here. Tell, tell us, uh, if you would, I, I understand. I'll just tell you, you know, my experience. I, the, our patients are on lists for transplanted tissue. And um, so in our space in sports medicine, we really use cartilage, bone, and ligaments uh, to re- reconstruct ACLs, to reconstruct cartilage and bone loss of meniscal tissue. And, you know, there's, there is a list. And um, it's a challenge because even though we have probably the best access in the country uh, in, in Illinois and at Rush, you know, this is a uh, – there's a finite pool of tissue. So I have to tell my patients, you know, sometimes to remind them what they're waiting for. And, um, you know, the reality is they're asking to be out of pain and to improve their function, but that's weighed against something that's far heavier, and that's uh, where they're waiting for someone to die. And it's typically a young person who is otherwise completely healthy that enables them to be a donor uh, to fix their problem. And that's a very uh, humbling side of it that I think some people lose sight of. I mean, this what is it meant to you? My, my patients, after they get well, if they do, which they often do with this, in this space, they want to talk to the donor families, and they're unbelievably appreciative. I could probably introduce you to just literally hundreds of people who uh, whose lives have been affected, and I'm just fascinated. No, because I've never spoken to a donor family before in, in 18 years, so I've been really looking forward to meeting you. Well, it was um, it was uh, obviously some very tragic circumstances, and and we we. Uh, 
uh, you know, ne- never in our wildest imagination thought we would we would be there a little more than a year ago. But and and nothing will take away that pain. Um, the, the fact that Michael was an organ donor um, has has kind of helped ease that burden some somewhat. Um, it, you know, the the fact that uh, his his corneas were um, were given to a, a lady in New York and and. Um, she she can see now uh thanks to michael's corneas and and the use of his tissue has certainly um, impacted uh, hundreds of lives and so um certainly not a place where you ever want to be but uh, i am glad that he decided to sign up to be an organ donor so that even though um he is no longer with us uh he lives on pieces of pieces of him live on and and um like I said, it doesn't take away the pain, but it it brings some good from a tragedy. Did you did you know who the recipients were uh, before they contacted you, or did it only come about after they contacted you from receiving his tissue? Uh, we we did not know, and in fact, we still have not been contacted. They we we are not we are not told their names. We are told that we, we're kind of given a general description of of who received. Uh, these organs, uh, it's really up to them as to whether they want to share their contact information. And so we haven't actually had the opportunity to visit with any anybody who received any of his of his organs yet. That's we just under, we just understand that um, you know that that some people have been uh, on the receiving end. I understand. I have to imagine that would be very meaningful to you if someone were to reach out to you. Is that fair? It, to say? it would. We we'd love to hear from them. Um, like I said, it it uh, has warmed our heart to to hear. Some of the some of the stories, um, you know, one of the things that uh, as I was as I was mentioning to you before we came on the air, you know, a lot of people don't think a lot about the tissue. They hear they hear about uh, you know somebody's heart saving somebody or uh, pancreas, corneas, what have you. But um, we had a, actually a young man, Kyle Durkis. Oh yeah, um, I know Kyle. Yeah, played uh, he played he played baseball with Michael. When they were 14, he played a lot of basketball against Michael when they were growing up. And I'll never forget Kyle's dad coming up to us at Michael's visitation and, you know, giving me a big hug and, and, and just saying how much uh, Kyle was actually the recipient of donated tissue uh, several years ago. And it allowed him to prolong a basketball career that he loved and play a game that he loved. And, 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 they, and Ron wanted to make sure that we understood just how much of an impact um, – Obviously, it wasn't Michael's tissue, but he re- he did receive donated tissue, and he just wanted us to understand what kind of impact that that can have on on people's lives. And again, it it doesn't t- it doesn't uh, take the pain away, but um, it certainly it certainly helps ease it some. Visiting with uh, Jim Collins, uh, founder of the Michael Collins Foundation. I'm Steve Cashel with Dr. Brian Kosa, Sports Medicine Weekly, talking about the uh, the impact of uh, Valor Source and uh, also. Uh, People donating their uh, their organs uh, for uh, tissue and uh, eye and uh, organ donation. Is it true, uh, Jim, that uh, that Michael on his 18th birthday had already made the decision to register as a donor? Yeah, he he did. He he registered. We were uh, his mom and I were not aware of it. Um, I I what I actually wasn't aware that he was an organ donor until the day that decisions had to be made his his mom tells the story she was aware um she she was just uh, she got a, something in the mail came to came to our house and and obviously showed that he was an organ donor and and the way she tells the story he breezed in one day and and she said michael we got this in the mail do you realize you signed up to be an organ donor and he said 
uh, of course I realized I signed up to be an organ donor. And she pressed him a little bit and said, you know, do you understand what that means? And are you really sure that that's what you want to do? And he, you know, his answer was pretty simple. He said, of, of course, it's the right thing to do. And she, as she tells the story, he breezed on out the door and that was that. And Obviously, when they had that conversation, um, nobody nobody thought that it would come to what it did. But um, we are we are thankful that he made that decision. And, and one of the one of the positives that has has come from this tragedy is the number of people associated with um, our family in the Bloomington Normal area who we are aware have signed up to be organ donors that had not been signed up prior prior to this. So again, we you know, when you're in this situation, you just try to find any positive you can grab hold of and certainly uh, the gift of hope has been uh, wonderful to work with and and uh, we're we're happy that some people have signed up that uh, that weren't signed up before. Jim, you know, I'm I've worked with Gift of Hope for um more than 15 years and um I'm reasonably familiar with the process and you know the the nature of the conversations and the delicate nature of these conversations that have to happen around a time that I it's hard to even imagine how you could be clear thinking because ultimately while he agreed uh, prospectively to be a donor there still has to be a conversation with the family right and yep. I, I imagine you could veto the whole thing is that true I mean if you said you know. um you know it, it it would have been interesting to see I don't know what would actually happen if that came to that um it was it, we did have that conversation and and they did have that that difficult conversation with us fortunately um at the time uh, I wasn't very clear headed but my wife um, was kind of taking charge and and um, and like I said, she was aware, and so really uh, it was it was a pretty de- easy decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, he 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 signed up because he knew it was the right thing to do, and even though in that in that moment um, that I wouldn't I wouldn't wish upon anybody having to make that decision, but in that moment it's it's a hard thing to comprehend. There's so much there's so much going on, but at the end we he knew it was the right thing to do. And 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 we did we did as well, and and it and it turned out again to be uh, some good from a from a terrible situation. So tell us about what the foundation is, what it's named, how people can find out about it, and what its mission is. Sure, um, it's the Michael Collins Foundation, but uh, M. C. Strong, uh, when as he was in the hospital for uh, for five days, kind of fighting for his life. Uh, Hashtag MC Strong on Twitter uh, became very popular around these parts, and and um, it was a, a pretty ho- a high profile situation because of the the way it occurred and so forth. And so we did to start uh, when, when he passed. We decided to start the Michael Collins Foundation. Uh, really, the the biggest I think the primary goal we have is to keep his memory alive, his spirit alive. And so we've uh, we've put together three or four events based on what he loved to do. We've got a couple baseball events that you know he loved baseball. We got a golf a golf outing, and then he was an exercise science major, and so fitness was very important to him. And so we've started a, a 5K, and and like I said, the the first goal is to make sure we're keeping his spirit alive. And secondly, we hope to to raise some funds for various causes. We've set up uh, scholarships for for three high school baseball players uh, that were part of the baseball programs that were so important to him uh, at Heartland Community College, Normal West, and University High Schools. Um, and we're also working with some other initiatives that were important to Michael and his faith. Uh, he was a, he was a you know, very strong believer in Jesus and very faithful young man. And so um, we're also working closely with Mothers Against Drunk Driving. Um, 
you know, a drunk driver killed our son, and, and there's technology available today that would eliminate drunk driving. And so that's one of our passions uh, to try to to try to help make sure nobody else goes through this. We've been able to give some funds to Gift of Hope because it was at, uh, it was so good to our family. And we'll just look for some other initiatives to that we can that we can use these funds to to help good things come from a from a terrible tragedy. Well, I, I, you know, our, our our time is run, but I, you know, this could be this we I could have this conversation for a long time, and it's an honor to talk to you, and I hope that you and I can maintain a dialogue uh, offline, and uh, maybe have you on again, and uh, we just want to thank you for uh, giving of your time and what you've done for Gift of Hope and for indirectly for Allosaurus and for many people who need to be out of pain and have improved function and whose lives need to be saved by the organs they get. So you're doing a wonderful thing, and that his memory will live on for, because of what you're doing. Well, I appreciate you having me on, and, and we've talked to the Allosource folks, and they've offered to bring us out to Colorado, and so uh, it, was, it, was, it was great getting a chance to talk to you about some of the great work that you're doing. Thank you very much. Jim Collins, founder of the Michael Collins Foundation, talking about the importance and impact of tissue donation. Jim, thank you so much. Back with more Sports Medicine Weekly after these messages. On ESPN Radio. Feeling tired, sluggish, and overweight? If you're looking to lose weight and gain energy, join us in Karen Mulkin's 14-Day Transformation Cleanse. You're going to absolutely love this Whole Foods cleanse. You'll feel great, lose weight, build lean muscle, improve sleep, boost metabolism, and enhance athletic performance. This VIP done-for-you cleanse comes with a 14-day transformation wellness bag containing MCT Lean Vegan Protein Blend, fat-burning MCT Lean MCT Oil, snacks, superfoods, recipes, guidelines, videos, and other surprises. You will absolutely love this program. Sign up at 14daytransformation.com. That's the numbers 14daytransformation.com or visit Karen's website at karenmulkin.com. That's K-A-R-E-N-M-A-L-K-I-N.com. Integrated Orthopedics is Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana's premier provider of thermal and compression therapy devices for people recovering from sports-related injuries or orthopedic surgical procedures. To learn more about the benefits of thermal and compression therapy and to determine if it's right for you, please contact your healthcare professional. For further information about Integrated Orthopedics products and services, please contact us at 773-248-6400. That's 773-248-6400. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly on ESPN 1000. And we're back, Sports Medicine Weekly. I'm Steve Cashel with Dr. Brian Cole. Thanks so much for being with us here on ESPN Radio 1000 in Chicago and the surrounding areas. And Dr. Cole, I had a question for you. Um, You see a lot of patients, a lot of patients every day. And uh, do you talk about exercise when you see someone that's, uh, that's pretty... Uh, you know, in motion, and um, uh, do they use it uh, in, in the proper way? And um, when it, you know, when you talk about injury and uh, injury prevention and, and returning back to the game, uh, maybe after uh, uh, you know post surgery, you, you talk about that with your patients. Yeah, I mean, you know, you got one thing you know, and you think about. It, I mean, orthopedics is a very sort of function specific specialty. People come to us because they have two problems. They have pain and they have impairment, and they generally have trouble exercising. So my whole life is, my career, I should say, is really predicated on an individual who was generally accustomed to doing something at, a, at some level that was acceptable to them. It doesn't have to be an elite level. It could be just something that was acceptable. Then it could be in the workplace. It could be how they recreate, and now they can't throw or now they can't walk or run or for prolonged periods of time. 
um, and that's why they're there. So, it frankly, it's all about being active because when they're in pain because of some musculoskeletal problem, they're less active, and that's usually what prompts a visit. And there's a lot of there's a lot of moving parts with that type of relationship. You know, you think of we think of orthopedics as well. You tore your ACL, you fix it in their back, um, but inherent in that is they were functioning a good standing and then something intervened, they had an event, and now they're shut down and then they show up in our office and they need help and our objective is to get them back to where they were before and sometimes even better. So that's the basis of, you know, I eat, breathe, and drink that every single day. Let's bring our next guest, Dr. Bob Salas, uh, Chair for Exercises Medicine, Sports Medicine Physician from uh, Kaiser Permanente out in uh, California. Thanks so much uh, for joining us uh, on this Saturday morning, uh, Dr. Salas. Uh, what uh, do you see as the number one issue with, with health care today? You know, I think we've just put too much of an emphasis on pills and procedures. Uh, you know, it's fascinating. If you look at what contributes to my patient's overall health, about 20% is genetics. If you're smart enough to pick the correct set of parents at the beginning, you know, you give yourself a big leg up. About 20% is your environment. Obviously, if you live in an environment that exposes you to infectious diseases or toxins, that can affect your your health. But only about 10% is access to medical care. So with all the pills and procedures and money that we spend, my God, we're almost bankrupting the, the world with health care costs, counts for about 10% of what makes patients healthy. The other 50% are health behaviors. And if you distill it down, it's really three major behaviors. It's whether or not you smoke, the type of diet that you eat, and whether or not you exercise and how much you exercise. And so I think we've done a, a great job with smoking. Everybody knows smoking is dangerous. Every patient gets asked about their smoking habits. The the obesity piece, the diet piece, is a tough one. It's hard to get five people around the world to agree on what the messaging should be around diet. And We've just had a, a recent tectonic shift in what we tell patients about diet, that now suddenly fat is okay. We've been telling them for years they shouldn't do it. The one neglected piece of behavior in my mind is exercise, and I, and I can make strong arguments that it has the most powerful effect of all these health behaviors on a person's health. I understand, you know, recently this has sort of been your, so just so you know, to be clear, you're you're uh, a primary care sports medicine physician. I know you're in the Kaiser system in California, right? And, exactly. Uh, and you run a, a, a very well-known, uh, you co-chair or co-direct one of your, your sports medicine fellowship, which is a very good fellowship. Uh, to, to training uh, uh, individuals to go into the field of sports medicine. So you're very accomplished in this area, and I, my, I, my understanding is that sort of a, one of your recent plights is, um, is exercise and, 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 and how physicians assess for that and, and the messaging that goes around, uh, goes around that, and that's been something that you've been lecturing on. What, in, in, in brief, what is, what is your message there? Yeah, so it sort of came about being involved with the American College of Sports Medicine, coming as a clinical sports medicine physician, taking care of teams, being a sideline physician. But the American College of Sports Medicine is an organization that's about a third physicians, about a third basic scientists who've done a lot of the research documenting the health benefits of physical activity, and about a, about a third of uh, uh, fitness uh, instructors and you know, people that are actually involved in, in taking care of and advising people on fitness. And so, you know, the, the more I became exposed to the research and coupling that with my own clinical experience, just seeing how much better my patients did when I could get them to exercise, it just occurred to me, why aren't we going after exercise like we go after smoking, like we go after diet? It ought to be the same thing, that every patient ought to be asked about their exercise habits, and every patient should have an exercise prescription, that they, that they know the U.S. Physical Activity Guidelines, which are 
150 minutes of moderate exercise per week. And, and so that's really the goal of this Exercise as Medicine Initiative. I got to serve as president of ACSM, oh, back about five or six years ago, and started this initiative in collaboration with the American Medical Association that's just gone nuts, uh, spread around the world. It's become a global health initiative really aimed at making sure that every patient uh, understands the connection of exercise to their health. We can't continue to practice medicine the way we've been doing it. We have got to influence our patients' behaviors. You know, I, I can put every patient on a statin. I can manage blood pressure. You know, I, I can be the greatest doctor in the world, if, if, but if my patient lives in a toxic environment, if they sit all day, if they eat a, a horrible diet, there is very little impact I can I can have. And so I just think it's imperative that we go after these health behaviors and to me, the physical activity piece is the low-hanging fruit because everybody agrees on the solution. The physical activity guidelines of the United States are the same as they are in Brazil. They're the same as they are in the U.K., in Germany, on and on and on. Everybody in the physical activity world, we all are saying the same thing. Uh, 150 minutes a week of moderate exercise. So I just think that has to be a mantra uh, that every patient hears that and that my first-line treatment, instead of I have a new diabetic, Instead of pulling out my prescription pad and writing right away for a, a drug or putting them on insulin, that I, I start with exercise. I just get them to try to start walking and watch their diet first. And when that fails, then I can go to medication. So it's really a simple message to just assess it in every patient, make a proper exercise prescription, and think of it as your first-line medication. Dr. Bob Salas, our guest from Kaiser Permanente, a sports medicine physician, talking about uh, motion is medicine. So how, how has industry factored into this, you know, to try to get this message out? Yeah, well, you know, we've had one of our, our, our first early on sponsors has been DJO Global. And, uh, you know, I think they realize that the true value of their products, as, as Brian, what you mentioned, that you live and breathe every day, is trying to keep patients moving. And the reason that is so important is because we just have irrefutable evidence that patients who don't move have much higher risk of everything from diabetes to cancer to high blood pressure to depression, dementia, heart disease, on and on and on. And we know for a fact people who do regular exercise much less likely to die prematurely than those who don't exercise. So that's why it is so imperative that products that, that help keep patients moving, like a knee brace, a back brace, ankle brace, uh, whether it's surgery or an injection or whatever it is to get them better, the reason we're doing that is to try to keep them moving and keep them doing their exercise. And I, you know, I like to think of every patient as an athlete and the same discussions that I have with my uh, elite athlete, I have that with my 60-year-old diabetic who, you know, just had his gallbladder removed and is trying to get back to physical activity. The goal of, of, of that is to get them back to exercise, and if they're not doing it, to convince them to do it. T tell me, you know, we're going to, unfortunately, we're running out of time this morning, and I, we could do, this is a great topic. Just as a physician, what should my prescription read if I'm going to tell a patient what they need to do for exercise? Yeah, when you think of writing an exercise prescription, it's often to think of it in terms of the FIT mnemonic, where the F stands for frequency. The frequency of exercise should be most days of the week, five or more days a week. The I stands for intensity. Now, the, the sort of scientific way to do it is to take 50 to 70% of your maximal heart rate, which you can estimate with 220 minus your age, which gives you your maximal heart rate. That's too complicated. Uh, and wearing a heart rate monitor, I don't think you need to do that. What I tell patients, use the sing talk test. Exercise at an intensity high enough that you couldn't sing, but not so intense that you couldn't talk. It shouldn't be painful. 
that's the correct intensity. The, the, the first T is, is the, the type of exercise, and um, it's any exercise that works large muscle groups. It doesn't matter the type. So you get the same benefit from playing tennis at the club than you do to gardening vigorously. So anything to get your heart rate up, get you a bit winded, is the straight. If you want to do 150 minutes, of, you can do it by doing 75 minutes on Saturday, 75 minutes on Sunday, if that's all you can do. Whatever works to split that up, what seems to correlate best with improved health is that getting reaching that magic number of 150 minutes a week. Great. Great message, Dr. Bob Salas. Appreciate you joining us here on Sports Medicine Weekly, Doc. Great. Thanks for having me. All righty. Back with more Sports Medicine Weekly after this. On ESPN Radio. At Athletico Physical Therapy, we know there is freedom from pain, and you can get back to doing the things you love. Whether it's running an 8K, playing a game of tag in the yard, or walking safely to your car, pain should not slow you down. With locations throughout eight states that offer complimentary injury screens, your choice to go with our team is the smart choice. Visit Athletico.com to request your complimentary injury screening and start feeling better with us today. Athletico, better for everybody. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly on ESPN 1000. Well, that will do it for another edition of Sports Medicine Weekly. Many thanks to our producer and board operator, George Katsarillos. Our coordinating producer is Teresa Ann Seeger. We also want to thank David Cole for managing the website and our business operations as well as Samantha Smith. For Dr. Brian Cole, I'm Steve Cashel saying so long. Thanks for listening to Sports Medicine Weekly here on ESPN 1000. Back to do it again next week. We'll see you then. The preceding program was a paid advertisement. The views reflected are not necessarily the views of ESPN 1000. The Dodgers and Pirates, two of the best teams in baseball, go head-to-head in Pittsburgh this weekend. Flip to home, tag applied, not in time! The pregame Saturday is at 3 Eastern and on Sunday at 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio.